We're celebrating Marketplace's 35th anniversary with some throwback thank you gifts available during this March fundraiser. We took our old dot-com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how much you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash donate. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash donate. We're celebrating Marketplace's 35th anniversary with some throwback thank you gifts available during this March fundraiser. We took our old dot-com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how much you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash donate. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash donate. Yet another data point this week that the fight against inflation is not over. From Marketplace, I'm Sabri Beneshor, in for David Brancaccio. Wholesale prices increased more than expected in January. The producer price index went up three-tenths of a percent. It was expected to be up just one-tenth. That number is coming on the heels of another, the consumer price index, which showed inflation at the retail level was also higher than expected. Federal Reserve officials have tried to be reassuring in different ways this week. Christopher Lowe is chief economist at FHN Financial in New York. We've heard from Austin Goolsby, who's the president of the Chicago Fed, saying even with some setbacks, inflation is coming down. I think that's right. Uh, We are still making progress. And it's never a straight line. But at the same time, Rafael Bostic, he's the president of the Atlanta Fed, saying there's no emergency. Economic growth is strong. The job market is strong. So the Fed can be patient, wait and see, and be certain inflation is coming down quickly enough. You know, if you think about it, they're both absolutely right. That's Christopher Lowe with FHN Financial in New York. Ever since the Supreme Court shot down President Biden's sweeping attempt to forgive student loan debt, his administration has been looking for alternate ways to ease people's student loan burdens. We now have more details on who might be eligible for the administration's second attempt. Marketplace's Samantha Fields has more. After the Supreme Court struck down President Biden's attempt to forgive ten dollars to $20,000 in student loan debt for every borrower, the administration announced a new, narrower plan to cancel student debt, this time through a rulemaking process instead of executive order, and only for people who fall into certain categories, including financial hardship. Now, the Department of Education has defined what it means by hardship to include people who are considered highly likely to default within two years, those who have a high loan balance compared to their income, and borrowers with high health care, child care, or housing costs. All of this could still change. Public hearings on the new proposal are scheduled for next week. I'm Samantha Fields for Marketplace. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $30 
$200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. Microsoft has announced a shift in its gaming strategy. Four of its games that have previously only been available on its Xbox console will now be available on competitors' consoles. So we'll have some Xbox games on PlayStations, on Nintendos. This is a shift because in the past, the whole point of having games that only work on your console was to get people to buy your console. So why now give customers a reason not to? Joining us now to help explain this is Tom Warren, senior editor at The Verge. Good morning. Hello there. So first, do we know which games Xbox is going to allow to appear on other rival consoles? So officially we don't. All they've said is there's going to be four. Um, They've left some sort of like clues to being sort of community-driven games and then two being some smaller titles. Speaking to internal Microsoft deploys on the condition of being anonymous sources, they say that it's going to be Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, uh, sea of Thieves and Grounded. These are known games, but not the most most popular games, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it seems like a bit of a, a test case of these four games. You've got Sea of Thieves, which has it's been a relatively popular game. Um, it's essentially a pirate game where you, you're on the high seas fighting people. That is a multiplayer game, an experience that would probably benefit from being on like the PlayStation. It opens it up to more players. In the past, Microsoft's strategy has been, all right, we're going to make these exclusive games that only work on our console, the Xbox, and that will make people buy Xboxes. Now they're changing that strategy. They're saying, we'll let these games go elsewhere too. Why are they changing their strategy now? Yeah, so I think a big part of why it's happening now and they want to bring these games elsewhere is the revenue opportunity there. They have bet their kind of future of the Xbox platform on Game Pass, which is essentially the Netflix of game subscriptions where you you pay like 10 bucks a month. um, You get access to a big library of games that you can play as long as you keep hold of that subscription. That subscription model hasn't grown quite as fast as Microsoft was hoping. It was 25 million a couple of years ago. It's up to 34 million now. So by 2030, they were looking up to 100 million subscribers. And around about this point, roughly, they were probably looking at about 45 to 50 million. So you can see that there's there's a gap there. Um, so to fill that gap, they need to get that revenue from elsewhere. Back in the day, Sega, the company behind Sonic the Hedgehog, used to make consoles. They were outcompeted by Nintendo and PlayStation. Now they publish games for other consoles. Is this the same thing as what's happening to Microsoft here? Is Microsoft going to just wind down the hardware side of Xbox? I don't think they're, they're out of the hardware game at all. Um, and I think that underpins kind of the entire Xbox strategy. You still need that device to sell to people to then sell them Game Pass um, until they can get Game Pass across all these different platforms, which they have no intention of doing now. But 
only because Sony and Nintendo won't let them. Um, but until they can really offer that subscription everywhere, they still need that hardware. Sony recently revised down the number of consoles it expects to sell this year. It will also bring more of its exclusive games to other platforms like we're hearing Microsoft is doing. Is there an industry-wide shift going on here? Yeah, that's the big question that I'm sort of trying to grapple with myself, actually, because obviously Sony's mentioned that they want to go multi-platform more aggressively. Um, Microsoft's making this big move to actually put their games on Sony's platform. Um, But I do feel like we probably are heading to an era where Sony starts publishing their games maybe day and date. So on the same day that they publish them on the PlayStation 5, they publish them on PC. Um, We've seen that with Helldivers 2 recently, one, one of the first ones to to be on both on PC and, and PlayStation at the same time. Um, and it's been hugely successful on PC. So I, I think there's an opportunity for them to, to make money there as well. Tom Warren, Senior Editor at The Verge. Thank you so much. Thank you. In New York, I'm Sabri Beneshore with the Marketplace Morning Report. From APM, American Public Media.